Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Your official station to talk Jets. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Let's get back to your calls here. Going to 5 a.m. The warm-up show with Al and Jerry. Aaron Judge coming back to the Yankees. That's the big news. We, you know, we'll now monitor as the winter meetings have come to an end. We'll now monitor and see what happens with Nimmo and who knows how long that could take. And Kodai Senga and Carlos Rodon and Andrew Benintendi and all the other names as, you know, a lot of the big names off the board, but still plenty of names out there to... You know, fill out the rosters, and you look at the Mets and Yanks trying to build championship teams. And the Yankees are a lot closer than the Mets are. Mets have, not that they have a long way to go, but a longer way to go. Yankees are close. They're right there. Rodon and Nimmo or Benintendi, I feel good about, you know, again, a little tweak here or there, whether it's the bullpen, whether it's a bench spot, a tour, a Glaber Torres trade. The Yankees should be loaded up to be one of the best teams in the American League if they can add Rodon and bring back Andrew Benintendi or get Brandon Nimmo. Mets have a few more moves to make. You know, whether it's Kodai Senga, they still need a big bat. They have to bring back Nimmo themselves. And then even if they do that, I still feel like they're short of where the Padres and Dodgers are, where the Phillies and Braves are. Maybe not that short, but they're still short. Maybe it speaks to the depth of the National League more so than anything else, but it is what it is. The Yankees have a, you know, they, they have a better team and they're in a lesser league. The Mets team not as good and they're in a tougher league, tougher division with the Braves and Phillies. But man, you look at what the Padres are doing, it just doesn't end. 877 337 Bill is calling from Staten Island. What's up, Bill? Hey, Sal. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for making it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm there with you. I think the Mets uh, they're going to finish third if the team uh, the same lineup shows up that they have now. I'd rather see Conforto in right, Marte in center, and Benatende in left. I, mean, I don't even want him all back. I don't know. He just don't. He's a, he's overrated. I think, and that's a that's a lot of money to waste on him. Agreed. I just don't know. See, I I like Nimmo as an offensive player. I don't know how you're doing better than that with the current free agent market. So I feel like they needed to improve on their offense from last year. It's going to be hard to improve in the event that they lose Brandon Nimmo. Now you're 
too behind. It's similar what about to some trades. I mean, the, well, yeah, the, that's they fair. Make trades anymore? Yeah, no. they, they can make trades, and I wouldn't put it past them. I mean, there are no center fielders. That's why the Yankees made a great trade last year with Jordan Montgomery going to the Cardinals for Harrison well, I don't Bader. I do Monte has to play center. I, don't, I really don't. That won't bother me because yeah. he'll be gone in another year or two, and, and uh, you know you have to get somebody anyhow. Yeah, and look, I, maybe I, the Mets I, could I, do that. I'm fine with that. Uh, look, I'm not. I'm not saying they have to bring Nimmo back, especially for that price. But it feels like it would be going backwards had they lost Brandon Nimmo. Now, obviously, they, they any put money that... left in the bank for Correa? <laughs> well, where are you going to play Correa? Second or third? Yeah, I just don't think it's realistic. I wouldn't be opposed to it. I don't think it's realistic. He's going to get a big contract. I mean, he may be wanting three hundred million himself. Yeah, so give him an op out after four, four or five years. Maybe he'll take it. Yeah, but then and you might you... take yourself out. Let's say the Mets could get Correa and play him at third. You, you, would you would you want Correa, and then that means that takes you out of the potential uh, or possibility of getting Shohei Otani? Yeah, yeah. Well, I what would you do? Playing. I'm asking you. What would you do? No. Well, if yeah. I knew we were getting Otani, I would, I would, you know, I'd go for that. But I don't know that they're definitely going. All right. Him. So, what would you do? Would you then give up on that possibility in, in exchange for Carlos Correa? Uh, yeah, I would if I was going to get him next year. Interesting. Yeah. I don't think I would, and thanks for the call, Bill. As much as I like Correa, and I get your frustration, like the Mets need more bats. It's infuriating because you're seeing the other teams load their freaking lineups up. The Phillies and Padres are a prime example. The Dodgers are already great. And you get the feeling that you know none of those teams are done. Padres want more. And so do the Dodgers. One of those two teams probably going to get Correa. And it's just a guess, but those, I mean, man, imagine those two teams. The haymakers they're exchanging in the NL West. And the poor Giants thought they had Aaron Judge, and then they don't. And it's, hey, it's, when's the Mitch Hanniger press conference coming? <laughs> uh as one of my on-air idols says, there are winners and there are losers. And the Giants in this particular case are the losers. Rob is calling from Staten Island. What's up, Rob? Hey, what's going on, Sal? How are you, Rob? Good, good. Uh, one of the things that I think a couple of callers ago may have mentioned, I wonder what Cohen's going to do in a couple of years when like Alonzo becomes a free agent. McNeil and with Debbie, they already lost to Grom. Um, Nimmo, who knows what's going to happen with him? I'm just wondering what they're going to do with their own guys. As, as, you know, well, now, Alonzo's under control for three more years. What makes you think he's going to become a free agent? Oh, oh no, no. I mean, I'm just saying, just down the road with you know, with Cohen signing Verlander oh. and now signing uh, the, the pitcher they got, the left-hander, the Cardinals, Jose and, Quintana. Uh, Quintana, right? Yes, yes, yes. And I'm just just wondering how he's going to treat that, and it's especially after the uh, judge just resigned the Yankees. Not to compare the two, but. Uh, well, I think, I, mean, I think he's going to lock those guys up before they test free agency. I mean, I, I would assume that that's going to be the case. Maybe not this year, but if at, if not some point this year, next offseason is where you're going to see Alonzo get extended and potentially McNeil. Yeah, I'm fully true. confident in that. And, yeah. And I mean, because you're going to have – remember, it takes two to tango. So Alonzo, you would assume, wants to be here. The Mets are going to want him long-term. Pete Alonzo, when all said and done – is going to be the greatest Met position player ever. End of story. He's on that. That's his trajectory right now, and I don't even think it's particularly close. That's what you're looking at. Alonzo doesn't want to go anywhere else, and the Mets can't let him go anywhere else. So 
Why not give him long-term financial security now as opposed to wait three years until he hits free agency and lock him up? And McNeil's going to be a lesser contract, but still, maybe you want him long-term. They'll figure something out. I'm not even worried in the least about the Mets locking those guys up long-term before they hit free agency. Hey, I'm just saying, especially Alonzo. And one more thing, if I could, with the pitching, you know, I guess they signed Verlander and the Katana. What about giving, like, McGill and Peterson a shot in the, in the rotation, especially at the end? Well, they might. I mean, I think that they're in, in play there too, Rob, and thank you for the call. I was reading something, but I just got through the headline because the break wasn't very long where the Post has an article on if the Mets sign Kodai Senga, that could lead to Carlos Carrasco getting traded. I'm not sure I like that. Right now, it's Scherzer. And look, it's not like Carrasco's going to be make or break. Had they traded him, it's not like I'm going to kick and scream. But I like the depth, and I like his veteran presence. Scherzer, Verlander, Quintana, Carrasco, McGill, Peterson. That's what it is right now. One, two, three, four, five. That's six arms. You add Kodai Senga, that's seven arms. And it's also insurance. Remember, it's not only seven arms in a rotation. It's seven arms in a rotation with two 40-year-olds. Now, if they trade Carrasco, bring in Senga and trade Carrasco, you're still talking about one less arm there or one fewer arm there to add to that depth and have insurance. And by the way, you could move as they did last year, either McGill or Peterson to the bullpen. Did the story say what they would be looking for for Carrasco? Because I can't imagine he has a lot of value. Uh, did you see this at all? I'll pull, pull it up right now. What the hell? Uh, I did see the headline, but it was while I was, I think, watching the Knicks game, so I didn't have time to read it. It is, by, it is by Joel Sherman, so at least we know that there's probably more legitimacy to it than if it were by John Heyman. Mets Nick, uh, hey, hey, Heyman did break Bogarts. Yeah, I mean. Gets a little bit back. Yeah. I don't know about that. And he spelled Bogarts right. If I were him, like, wouldn't you just be like, oh, man, I'm, I'm nervous. I don't know if I could go well, back out there. Did you see Coke Hamels today? I did. And that's what I was saying at the time. Actually, I didn't see it. Somebody told me about it. He blocked me on Twitter. Oh, that's right. That's right. Years ago. I was ahead of the curve. So yesterday Would- was a little bit of vindication for you. Yeah, no, exactly. Another thing that I was right on. Ahead of the curve yet again. Sal Stradama strikes again. I knew John Amos was a bad guy. He blocked me for nothing. Why, because I was joking around, insinuating that he's a mouthpiece for Scott Boris? Please. The truth hurts. And it can also get you blocked. Anyway, so I didn't see it, but somebody told me about it. I'm like, man, dude, step away from the Twitter. I mean, come on. Give it up. You took an L. I don't care how many stories you break from here on out. You will always be remembered as the guy who had Aaron Judge going to San Francisco. Bad enough that you jumped the gun? You didn't even get it right. Had Judge actually gone to San Francisco... He could have lived it down. Now, no way. I saw a play la- or Tuesday night, and in the playbill, like you know, they write about their credits and at the end, social media or whatever. And uh, one of the actors in the play wrote, "I'm not on social media. Won't you join me?" And I was reading this, and I thought, "Oh, this guy would be Sal's favorite actor." Oh man, I-, I wish I had nothing to do with social media. Although I see during the off the baseball off season, I'm not on there as much, and even I'll get lazy or not even get lazy. I'll just forget to promote the shows. I, I start to think like. Twitter is not, it's not real life. I look around sometimes when I'm at like family parties, you know, that I don't really love being at, but you know, I'm at family parties, whether it's my wife, my brother-in-law, whoever, my sister, like they have no idea 
about any of the stuff that drives us nuts on a daily basis with social media or Twitter. I mean, maybe Facebook, whatever, but I'm talking in particular, I guess, in this case with Twitter. Like, they have no idea. Oh, do you know who this person is? Who? What the hell is that? I'm like, how do you not know that? You didn't see it all over Twitter? They had no idea. Meanwhile, we talked about yesterday how about a tweet changed. Me, you, Marco talked about this. It completely changed our work lives for 12 hours. A single tweet. It turned out to help. I mean... Matter of right, fact, it could be good, it could yeah. be bad, but that that tweet, like when that tweet happened, you know, people obviously, you know, Yankee fans, they're worried about Judge. There's all that sports fans have that one reaction. We like that doesn't just change our oh sports are fun on the side. That changes our work lives for who knows how long. If I weren't blocked by Heyman on Twitter, I would have sent him a thank you tweet, a little DM. Hey, thanks for giving me five hours of content with that fake report. You probably have his phone number. You can text him. Nah. You know where it went wrong with Heyman and I, and I don't understand why this is the case. After I got fired, and, you know, I was working on the Francesca show, and this is old news now, but, like, I got, this is 2010. There were certain people that reached out and were like, oh, my God, what happened? You okay? Blah, 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 blah. Heyman was a guy that once I was no longer of use to him, meaning I was not on Francesca's show and couldn't talk Francesca, talk Heyman up to Mike, like I became useless. It wasn't even like he gave a crap about me. Now I'm not saying we like were you friends. You just simply stopped existing. Like you were, right. you were less than an ant on the ground that he was stepping over. I'm not saying I, we I've were, met people like that yeah, in this business. I'm not saying we were friends or we were close because we weren't. However, we had a, I thought healthy working relationship, and then just like nothing. Right, he I'm looks pretty, through you because you can't do anything for him. He might have said, like, when it happened, like, oh, what happened? Oh, that's terrible. And then, like, just nothing ever again. Like, okay, well, you know what? He's not on Francesca's show. Whatever. And, look, honestly, I, I'm exaggerating some of this for effect. I, I don't really give a crap. I, I don't think twice about it with John Heyman. And even though he blocked me, I still, unfortunately, see some of his tweets. And generally, he is good at breaking these news stories. But that one is, that's a miss you cannot recover from. End of story. Anyway, um, right. So, is there any speculation in this Sherman story about who the Mets could possibly get back for Carrasco? Uh, let's see. But the this is according to Joel Sherman of the Post. But the addition of another starter, such as Kodai Sanger or Ross Stripling, also could motivate the Mets to trade Carlos Carrasco, uh, who will turn 36 this March, do 14 million in 2023. Perhaps a team that either struck out in free agency or didn't like the prices would be interested in the one-year vet. So that's it. Does not give. See, I don't. Agree with that. Why are you going to give up a guy who can be a valuable arm for 14 million bucks? Like, isn't it worth it just to have him there? Well, just like last million? year, remember, they went in with five guys, and by literally opening day, one of the Peterson or McGill bunch was starting. Tyler McGill started opening day because of injuries, and had McGill not, Peterson made, I think it was 19 starts over the course of the season, had McGill not gotten hurt himself. They both would have topped 15 starts in that season for the Mets. So, yeah, I'm with you. You hold on to all seven. 14. You need you need minimum eight starters. So the the five they could have of Senga signs plus Peterson McGill are seven. Joey Lucchese's eight. Right. That's, that's the minimum. Yeah. And bring back Trevor Williams or added too, which I heard that they might be interested in, in bringing him back. But uh, I'm agree. The more uh, I agree, the more the merrier. All right, let's get to some calls here. 877-337-6666. Jerry is calling from Westchester. Good morning, Jerry. Morning, Sal. How's it going? How are you, Jerry? Good. So, somebody who went to Italy for two weeks, I did 10 cities and then the Vatican over 14 days. Wow. And it's not enough. It's not enough. 
there's still stuff that you didn't see. So And that's a lot. On, Did you even appreciate yeah, that? I mean, you're flying through. So basically we're on a bus every day, going city to city, and then a hotel to sleep, and then wake up, get on a bus, and go somewhere else. So, I mean, it's bam, bam, bam. It's, it's a lot of different stuff. But the, the cities that we saw, we were there for, you know, half a day or a day, and then you're, you're moving on. So if you're going to go see everything, you would need, and then even family on top of that, you need legit, I would say, honestly, three weeks. You see, and there's and no we, way at this point month, in my life. Three weeks I can, to a month, and you can't do that. Yeah. I, I can't, no, there's no way I could, as much as I'd like to, there's no way I could do that at this point in my life. And, you know, that's, that's a retired trip then. You know, when you're retired, yep. you go there for that long. The other thing is, I also, like, when I go on vacation, guess what? I don't want to do anything. I don't want to be on a field trip every friggin' day. The Vatican yeah. this, go see that, all the, you know, the Coliseum. Yeah, oh, it's beautiful. That's great. Like, I don't want to go on a field trip. I want to enjoy myself. I want to relax. I want to take in the scenes. I want to eat. I don't want to be, okay, 3 o'clock, we got to do this, and 2 o'clock, we, like, I don't want to be doing that stuff. Yeah, you need a vacation after it's over. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. That's, that's what I want to avoid. I and then real uh, why is it that the free agency starts and there's a huge gap and nothing really goes on, then the winter meetings come and there's a flurry of moves. The other three major sports, the minute free agency starts, everything goes bam, 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 and free agents start signing real quick. Wouldn't it be better for baseball to move free agency closer to the winter meetings? It's a great question. I think baseball, and thank you for the call, Jerry, baseball's got to figure this out. Their offseason – is while it's exciting, it's not, I don't know, right? It's not timed properly. I don't know if you want to have a window that extends further after the World Series ends. You know, let's say that, okay, well, nothing could happen until, instead of it being free agency opens five days or whatever it is, 10 days after the World Series ends officially, why not just have it start December 1st? Free agency begins December 1st. The winter meetings could be that week or whatever. I don't know. Maybe there needs to be a build-up to it. Remember, you have the GM meetings as well, which already took place. Why, Fleegs? What what's, what's the deal with the timeline here? So the reason, to, But the reason it drags out the way it does compared to the other sports is because baseball doesn't have a salary cap the other sports do. With the free agency and the other sports there's a limit to how much negotiating can really be done. Like, remember, a couple years ago, Harper and Machado waited forever to get these crazy record-setting deals. And the NBA, I mean, the NBA has max contracts, so this this is what you can get, and it's more about picking the team. In the NFL, there's maybe not a max set, but there's, well, within the salary cap, we know there's only so much a team is going to take out of their salary cap to give to that one player. So you're negotiating the extra stuff, whereas with baseball, it could take them three months of conversations to settle on the years and the overall dollar value before they get into everything else. But they which is fair, but they could still have a window on it. You you could they would say, have to put a they would have to put a if you want to play opening day, you have to be signed correct. by that's this what day. I would do. That that's exactly you right. You have to have a limit so where it doesn't drag on as we've seen in the past, go into the season Oh, this guy still isn't signed. Well, then you know what? If you're not signed by the season, start of the season, you're screwed. You can't December play. December 1st to January 15th, right, 45 wh- days. Whatever, that's fine. And then have that be, you know, that covers a nice large portion of the offseason. That's a nice window there. It's not a three-day thing. And I think also, too, we get caught up in the moment, whether it's with the NFL, whether it's with the NBA. Yeah, there's a frenzy of activity 
in a three-day span. Then and it's then over it. for the rest of the offseason. That's it. So that's why I like baseball to a certain extent where it's drawn out a little bit. We just had a chaotic three days, and now there's still plenty more the road ahead. But it is still too – the window's too big. It shouldn't extend through February, through March. Like, now you're getting ridiculous. You want to even go – Mid-February or, or prior to spring training, everything needs to be in place. I mean, I'm okay with that. That but. makes sense, but then think about from the sports talk radio perspective how often that saves us in January and then through February when the Knicks are irrelevant and there's nothing else going on. And those guys are signing. Yeah. I mean, look, it, it is true. Um, I care first about me and content. So whatever's going to give us the most content. No, but in reality, I want the system to be the best for the sport. I don't think it's awful right now, but I think it could be better if they made it a specific period. I don't know how they're going to work that in, but either way, baseball, they, they there's have potential there to be an excellent offseason. 877-337-6666. Stewart is calling from Brooklyn. Good morning, Stewart. You got your guy back. How about that, Sal? That you was... owe how an apology. Um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll extend an, uh, an apology to how. Definitely, because I for sure thought that he was not going to pony up. But when I heard it, on, what did you call on, him uh, yesterday? What when I heard it you... on FS1 with Craig in the morning, I screamed to the heavens. So Craig broke that news to you? Yes, Craig, you broke broke the news. Isn't that awesome? Look at you! You get your guy back, and you get your guy breaking you the news. Craigie man, you know I I didn't like what went down with Craig, but you know what I understand one thing, at least he takes ownership of anything that he does that he did in his past, and he's trying to help other people correct their uh, misgivings. Agreed. In the past, that I give him his props, and I do listen to him on Saturday mornings. Well, what about during the week? You listen to him as well, right? Uh, I watch him. He didn't the, have, the, I think he was talking about his uh, 100th episode coming up um, on Hello, My Name is Craig. So he's been doing that for a while now. Congrats. Yeah, yeah, congrats to my I, fan I, teammate. I'm a big I fan of Craig. Him, I give him props. Me I too. Props. I mean, he's a scream on, uh, in the morning on the, on the other station. He's a, what time does that show start? No, he starts 7 to 9.30. I mean, I thought my schedule was rough. Look at Craigie and that work ethic. I mean, he's up early in the morning, does the Fox show, comes back to do afternoon drive, kicking rear end on the ratings. Oh, yeah, he does. His schedule is crazy. Craigie, my man, pots and pans. Oh, yeah, he he kicks it. And especially with Evan in the afternoon. So you owe, did you see that? Did you see Evan's elbow, by the way? No, I didn't catch it. Yeah, didn't you don't want to see it. It's gross. No, I don't want to see that. All right, so so you owe Hal because you were calling. My knee. You were calling. I don't want to see that either. I don't want to see what? your knee. You were calling Hal some bad names yesterday. As a matter of fact, I don't even want to repeat it. It was so harsh. Do you care to extend a, a sincere apology? I want to hear it, Stuart. Yeah, I. No, no, no. You you just said you want. I want to hear you apologize. Pretend Hal is listening right now. What are you going to say? I say I'm sorry for the, uh, for ever doubting you that you were going to get judged. Look at you. I mean, sincerely, because I didn't think he would. What about Cashman? Does he get an apology? No, he okay. doesn't. He should be out the door for what he was trying to do. Okay. Boone? For trying to undercut his value. Boone, get an apology? or I'll give him an, I will give Boone an apology, yes. Okay. But not Cashman. Two out of three, Apex. You were right about one thing. He was trying to undermine, the, to undermine how. 
And if he can't see that, if Hal can't see it, and he brings him back for four more years, how much more undermining do you think he's going to try and do? Four more years at least. He's not going anywhere. I know he's not going anywhere. But he and I guess neither are you, because you were going to switch allegiances yet again and go to the Mets in the event the judge I left the Yankees. You, I told you, I don't like putting up with ownership that's going to be cheap. The Met ownership prior to Stevie was, uh, excuse me, Pukesville. Yeah, well, hey, you don't have to put it that way. I mean, what? It, things have changed, though. This is not the Mets no, BC. Changed, I, I, you know what? Before Cohen is a different story. Before Stevie was... You could be, the, you could be an AC Mets fan. Uh, Stevie, before Stevie, they were... T- they were they, and, but once Nelson left and... When we, whenever he left, that was really, that was the end of it. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to go out and do the right thing by the fans. And they want to know what? Nelson brought some stability to those coupons, as I call them. Well, but they're and, not here anymore, Stuart. You don't I don't think they're yeah. not here. You're living in the past, man. No, no, Sal. Sal, understand one thing. They did not do the right thing by the fans. And the, what really hurts me the most mm. is June 15th. Oh, uh, Stuart, I know, but we can't go down this road no, again. I'm not going to go down this road. You, you, come on. How about December, what was it, December 8th? Oh, no, no, sorry, December 7th. That was great. Wait, 8th, today, yeah, right, I'm all over the place with uh, you. Oh, wait, uh, today's a very bad day for me. Why? December 8th, the Yankees sign Aaron Judge. No, John Lennon. Oh, that was today? This tonight. What's the what's the anniversary? What's how many years has it been? Forty two. Forty two years. Mm-hmm. Mm. I do think I know that. Oh, I didn't know you were a Beatles fan. I figured you know Rihanna, <laughs> Nicki Minaj. I didn't know the Beatles. Uh, those, excuse me. I was I first heard them on December thirty first of nineteen sixty three in Glen Oaks, Queens, with a little portable radio, listening on the radio with my mother, and I said to my mom when I was eleven plus years old. I said, Mom, this is not a fad, F-A-D, not a fad. And here we are 59 years later, and look at what's going on. Did you, did you cry that night? When London, I found out the following morning. I felt I had to go. I went to sleep. I didn't hear it. But when I picked up the paper the next day, mm-hmm. I turned to the front page. I cried for three weeks. Oh, no. Three weeks. He was my, he was my 1A to George. And when George died, that was just as bad. George who now? George Harrison. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about George Steinbrenner here. I was oh, trying George to make the Harrison. two. Yeah, you got to specify. He was my favorite Beatle. Harrison died after, though, didn't he? Yeah, he died November 25th. Uh, no, November 29th of 2001. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm sorry to hear that, Stuart. I, I mean, I'm glad you brought it up on the anniversary. No, let's get back to baseball. Well, no, well, hold on. I got I to gotta take a I mean, haven't we had enough time today? Mm-hmm. I want to hear you call <laughs> Craig. Can you, can you call Craig in the afternoon? Enough. There's never enough time with you. Yeah, that well, that is a good point. I do appreciate checking in, Stuart. I was not aware of that. I'm not a huge Beatles guy. Like, I like the Beatles. I'm not obsessed with the Beatles. Are you a Beatles guy, Fleegs? I like, I mean, I I wouldn't say, like, I'm obsessed, but I would say I'm probably a bigger fan of the Beatles than you are. I mean, I like them. I like their hits. I mean, listen, I love the Beatles. I'm not, I'm do never going to turn off a Beatles song. Do you own any of their albums? No, but my dad, a bunch of the older stuff, like, I love The Who. I don't technically own any of their albums because I took all the stuff back in the day where you put CDs on to right. app, uh, iTunes. I, you know, Certain ripped songs all the music. Or? No, the entire albums oh, okay. from my dad who owns all of their albums. 
and then still have that music library today, plus Spotify, where you can just get whatever you right. want. Right. All right, but still, you never went out of your way. Like the, I, I bought one time a, a best of. Beatles. I only didn't buy it because it was already in the house when I was growing up. Right, but I, I don't, I couldn't name any of their. I mean, I can name some of the albums. I couldn't name you the songs to go with the albums, and I can't say that I purchased a Beatles album other than it was a red light, it was a red CD like Beatles number one hits or something like that. It was many years ago, probably twenty years ago. Or so, so I like their hits, I like their songs, but I'm not obsessed with the Beatles. And I tried to watch that documentary that came out what a year ago now. I think that was last Thanksgiving, yeah, on Apple TV Plus, and I was like, oh, you got to watch this Beatles thing, and it's so great. I'm like, all right, let's watch this Beatles thing. I it was the most boring thing I've ever watched in my life. And people are sort of like, oh, my God, it's so great. You got to see it. The Would Beatles. you rather watch one episode of that documentary, two and a half hours, or a two and a half hour Knicks game? Uh, that's a great question. It has to be either or. Knicks have been playing a little bit better. I mean, there's. I was hoping to learn something. With the Beatles, Doc, maybe I need to give it another chance. It just, I'd probably go for the Nick game. The Beatles thing just, it was like nothing is happening. It's like watching paint dry. Oh, look at the creative brilliance. They're coming up with these songs. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't care enough. Now, what I did love, and I I understand that you can't love anything in regards to Kanye West anymore. But that special on Netflix to see the way that he came up. Did you watch that yet, Fleeks? No, I did not. I that is to me a must watch. Whether you are a fan of his music or just hate him because it's a disgusting person, whatever, that to me was educational to see how somebody that determined who believed that he was gonna be a superstar would not be denied. And you just see him come up through the ranks. Now, I'm not, I'm not trying to compare the two. I'm just saying that that was something that I enjoyed watching and just was in awe of. I was hoping to get a little bit more of that from the Beatles, but it was just more sitting around in the garage having them trying to come up with these songs. Anyway, just not for me. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, 
There's joy in every journey. Let it rip. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Got it back on the fan, 877-337-6666. Baseball, hot stove, still carrying us here. Aaron Judge does ultimately decide to come back to the Yankees. No real surprise. I told you all along I'd be stunned if he actually left. Guys don't leave New York, especially when you're Aaron Judge and you have that much success. You're the king of this city. Nothing is better. But there was that scare on, what the hell day is it, Thursday? On Tuesday. And ultimately, Judge got what he wanted from the Yankees, and he's coming back. Mets looking to make some moves and improve their club as well. Obviously, now it's about what's next for the Yankees. Carlos Rodon, Andrew Benintendi, Brandon Nimmo. For the Mets, are they going to bring back Nimmo? Kodai Senga, where do the Mets go from here? A long offseason awaits to see how they finish up putting their ball clubs together. Tomorrow we'll be back. We have the five-hour show tomorrow starting at midnight, so we'll do all the football Friday there. Another big weekend for the Jets and Giants, and really – You look at the slate of games for Week 14, it is not good at all outside of both the locals with the Jets taking on the Bills in Buffalo, Giants, and the Eagles at MetLife. And both these teams, not that they're must-win games, but, I mean, look, you want to make the playoffs? I know they're going against the best with Philadelphia and Buffalo, respectively, but they got to go out there and win these games. Nick is calling from Levittown. Good morning, Nick. What's on your mind? Hi, Nick. Mm, Nick is not there. Tom is calling from North Brunswick. What's up, Tom? How's it going, Sal? How are you, Tom? I'm doing all right. Uh, to Stuart from Brooklyn, he's a character. Uh, yeah, he's yeah, the this, best, that, isn't he? Yeah, I'd love Stuart. Yeah, I don't. Oh, you know. And uh, I remember I'm a big, I'm a big Beatles for myself. The Get Back uh, documentary was taken from the Letter P movie, which they were splitting up, and they weren't. They they were bored. They weren't even getting along. So it was a height over height, but the early Beatles or when Beatlemania, you know, like the and, early. And albums. it was just hours of. So wait, so the, it was cool. Was it called Get Up, Get Back? What was it called? Uh, Get Back. It was taken from the Let It Be movie. You know, well, like, I don't know, like in nineteen seventy. Oh, okay. Seventy. There, there was an album and a movie, but it, but there's like raw yeah, but, footage just for hours. It's I think it's yeah, a three part yeah. thing of two hours, two and a half hours each. I mean, come on, I'd rather watch Avatar. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, me. I, you know, I'm a big Beatles fan, so I, I was a little bored too. But the, if to you're a big fair, Beatles fan and you're bored, how was an average yeah, Beatles fan getting yeah, I into it? Seeing it, I like seeing it. But it, there was, it wasn't. You know, I actually saw the original movie when I was younger, and it, but they were split. To be fair, they were breaking up, and they were bored. You know, like, uh, and there was no energy to it. Well, that's and, uh, yeah, that's a problem. Uh, and you know me; I don't know if you know this, Tom, but I'm all energy, and I'm watching this show, and I'm like, "Yeah, what the hell is happening? No, nothing is doing. I'm, I'm about to fall asleep well, here. This is terrible." The, the, the energy with the Beatles was the early Beatles, Beatlemania. Like they played mm. at Chase Stadium. There was uh, yeah, Ed Sullivan Theater. The I'm familiar wa- with the history. I know. I'm sorry. Anyway, real quick, um, a very good, solid move from the Mets. And uh, congratulations to Judge. He's a very rich man and the Yankees. They had to do what they did. I have a little issue. I don't think the Mets are that far away. Uh, the Yankees have holes, too. You know, they can't. They're catcher, third base, shortstop. Well, the catcher was an all-star field. last year with Jose Yeah, Trevino. but he's not a good hitter. Let's be honest. They were lucky that he was. An, I mean, he was a good player, but he's not. 
He's not a, like a star player. All right, but where else are the Yankees really weak offensively? Third base, shortstop. I mean, everybody complains about their third baseman. Well, no, Peraz is going to come up and play. Look, there is unknown yeah, you, there. You don't know what he's going to be. Correct. There are, un, there are unknowns there, but yeah. they have high expectations for these young guys. Oh, and by the way, you look at the way the rest of the team is built with Judge, Stanton, Rizzo, LeMahieu, assuming he can come back healthy. I mean, the Yankees still yeah, have. Rizzo, Rizzo's a good player, but he's not a great player. Yeah, he's 220. I, I'm not... Don't get me wrong. The Yankees are a good team, but I, the Mets are good, too. The Mets, the only two teams last You want to go by last year? I know the disaster and all that. But the only two teams in the National League that outscored them were the Braves and the Dodgers. And the American League was the Yankees and the Blue Jays. So they weren't they weren't a bad-hitting team. And most yeah, of them are coming back. Yeah, but you watched it. You know it's, they, they were I not know, good offensively. There was right towards the end they were bad. But Who do you think was teams. better last year offensively, the Mets or the Phillies? The Mets, the Mets, the Mets. Then so the, Phillies? the Phillies. You think the Phillies? You think the Mets had a better line? No, 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 no. I didn't ask you the numbers. More runs in no, the no, no, Tom, hold on. You maybe you didn't hear the question properly. I didn't ask you who had better numbers. Who do you think? The numbers are in front. That, no, 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 no. Who do you postseason included? Who do you think had a better offensive team? The New York Mets. There oh, were four, there I were, there could was only not disagree more. They were ahead of them. Could not disagree more. You saw the Phillies well, light it up in the postseason the with that had loaded. A lineup, but the Mets, you know what? All right, so, so you, they you, do have no, a better you know lineup. It, no, you know what it is, Sal. And I'm not. I don't want to argue. I'm, no, but this I'm, is fun. I'm, I'm I like this debate. The Phillies. I'm just saying the Mets. The, the Mets. You know, people make it sound like they had a real weak hitting team. Their pitching wasn't that good, to tell you the truth. Well, the and, pitching, and losing Jacob Degrom, he didn't pitch that much. The pitching you know, cost the, them in the Brave series and the biggest series of the year in Atlanta. The pitching cost them again on the wild card. You're, you're going by just the last two weeks. I'm going by the whole season. No, I no. Offensively, I don't think they were. I never thought that they were good well, enough. How can you say a team isn't that good when they're fit? When there were there's 30 teams in the major leagues and they were fourth in scoring. Because runs. you're looking at the numbers, Tom. And thank you for the call. As always, I'm looking at the power or lack thereof, the numbers said a large portion of the year that the Mets were one of the better offensive teams. Even at the end of the season, statistically, the Mets were not a bad offensive team. One of the top teams offensively. In reality, different from statistically, in reality, they're not. They're not a top offensive team. I saw it with my own eyes. If you watch this team on a daily basis, and you can't just chalk it up to Starling Marte being out in September, they got zero productivity from DH, barely anything from third base until the final month of the year, nothing from catcher. Canna is okay and left. Look at the Phillies lineup. You said it yourself. The Phillies have a better lineup. Oh, and they added Trey Turner. Paul is calling from Chicago. What's up, Paul? Yeah, Sal, how you doing? Good, Paul. How are you? Good, good. I had to chime in on your uh, conversations about Italy. Oh, the motherland. Yes. First of all, from New York, it's only six-hour difference. Oh, is that it? Six-hour flight yep. or six-hour difference in time? Six-hour time difference. Oh, okay. I thought it was six-hour flight. Uh, all right, so we said nine before, so that must have been the West Coast then. I don't know. Whatever. And... Uh, the pizza is excellent. You know, you will find a pepperoni pizza in Italy. That's not a thing. What is? But, like, give me a look at, is it like margarita pizza and that's it? Is it thin crust? What are we looking at oh, here? It's margarita. 
but then they'll also um, you can get it with sausage and uh, arugula is a big thing. Mm, yeah, I don't like arugula on my pizza. I'm okay with arugula in a salad, not on pizza. It's certainly better than pizza in Chicago. Well, you don't like that deep dish? No. Give me some of the spots. What are we looking at? What are the spots? I forget again. I forget the name. Well, the big one, the deepest places in Chicago are Lou Malnati's. Yeah, I've been. And uh, I've been to Pequod's, I think. Pequod's, yeah. And then there's another famous one that I forget. Lou Malnati's. What's the other one? Uh, well, there would be um, Gino's East. Yeah, okay, and, there you go. And uh, Pizzeria Uno. Yeah, well, no, Pizzeria Uno. I mean, come on. Although I will say, and thank you for the call, Paul. Appreciate you checking in. Pizzeria Uno. Are they selling business around here? There used to be one right next door to the fan in when we were in Astoria many years ago. And I loved, God, I mean, I used to be 225 pounds, so I was hefty back then. And I loved, and not that I wouldn't love it again, I used to get two things from there. The, man, what the hell was it called? The appetizer, it was the, it was like mashed potatoes and bacon bits and cheese, a deep dish pizza style. Maybe it was a potato skin. It might have been something like that. Potato skin pizza or something app. I got that. And then I would get the peanut butter cup dessert. And it was like an extra large peanut butter cup with a scoop of ice cream. Man, it was delicious. But I love deep dish pizza in Chicago. I'm trying to think of my favorite. Maybe Lou Malnati's. Uh, Lou Malnati's was my favorite when I went there. Gino's East, not bad. Like I said, I've been to Chicago several times. And one time we went to Pequod's because we heard about it. And you know, it's kind of one of the non, I guess, you know, every tourist will go to Lou Malnati's or Gino's. And we want to go to somewhere different. Went to Pequod's. I don't think it was as good as the other two. The one in Astoria is still there, according to their website. Is it? And there's one in the city on Columbus Avenue uh, between 80th and 81st. Are they on Long Island anymore? Oh, I remember that one because I used to live on the Upper West. I remember that one up there. Like it, you... I got to find it. There was one that, in, I think it was Hamilton, New Jersey, but somewhere near Trenton that I was at a couple of years ago. But it was before COVID, and a lot of the stuff in that area shut down yeah, I feel during like the pandemic. I know that there used to be one near where I uh, grew up by the Smith Haven Mall on Long Island, and that was the one that I would go to. I'm pretty sure it was like deep dish, potato skins. Oh, my God, it was so good. And that peanut butter cup dessert. I like Pizzeria Uno, but I wouldn't go there if I'm in Chicago. Like, i get an actual deep dish pizza, which I'm a fan of. I remember, th- this is unfortunately, and I hate to tell this story because it's kind of embarrassing, but one thing that comes to mind when I think about Chicago, my first time in Chicago was with an ex-girlfriend. I went with her and her family. Her brother was visiting Northwestern or he was going there. I don't remember the details, but I just remember that we went on a trip, you know, their family, and I'm going along for the ride. And we went out to, now, Mind you, this is many, many, many years ago. I'm behind the scenes working at the fan. This is 2007. I'm behind the scenes at the fan. I'm making zero money. I have debt. You know, he's like buying jerseys and pointless things like that. And I I don't have a lot of money. Her family was wealthy and brought a dose of reality to my life. But I always felt bad. You know, I'm dating... 
you know, we were there with her parents. And I'm, I'm like, I'm the boyfriend. And we're always going out with the parents. They're always paying. I'm like, I got to pay at some point. So I always felt like, I don't know, I, I feel like I'm not good enough because I'm not paying for these meals. Now, I don't really have the money, but I still want to treat. I mean, I could treat my girlfriend for dinner. But her father always paid. And then naturally, the one time that I went to pay, I had my, you know, it was all set to go. We went to one of those deep dish spots. I forget exactly what it was. But I mean, I can envision it in my mind's eye sitting at the table because it's just a mortifying moment. So I'm sitting there at the table. We eat. Waiter comes over with the check. I hand my credit card to the server. Guess what they say? Cash only. And I was like, oh. Now, her father, you know, he was trying to be, I guess, nice. and be like, okay, you want to pay, big boy? Go ahead. And then once they said cash only, what am I supposed to do? I don't have enough cash to cover this. Do they have an ATM? Tail between... Yeah, Mr. Ricciardi, turns out, was the ATM. Tail between my legs. <laughs> Mr. Ricciardi, sorry, I don't have the cash. Oh, my God, mortified. I'm still embarrassed by that. I'm trying to do the right thing, trying to be nice. Cash only, we don't take debit card. What the hell kind of restaurant are you? Cash only. Again, information that would have been better off. Yesterday, what's the line there, Fleegs? And well, information uh, I could information use. that could have been brought to my attention, attention yesterday. yesterday. Right. Now I'll get back to your calls on the other side. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Isn't that embarrassing, though? What am I supposed to do? That's just all the time. Like you're trying to do the right thing, and just you in my twenties, not a the, dime the universe to my name. just dunked on you there. Exactly, or not dunked on you. They stuffed you. You got to Kembaid. And needless to say, it didn't work out the relationship. But here's how dumb I am. Even with the signs of the universe telling me it's not going to work out, two years later, I tried to get back with her. And did. And guess what happened? Didn't work out. 877-337-66. And everyone's better off because of it. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.